one. Well, the street was leaning the right way in the Tesla's Republic, and they were leading leaning the wrong way into netflix's report we got some big price action going on in those affecting other issues the magnificent seven if the bonds go down a point a day then we'll be at par in eight days we get some fed speak today maybe they'll get a little dovish we got other earnings to cover we got a special guest coming on at 8 35 one we haven't talked to in a while Fari Hamzy, Hamzy Analytics. Get ready, folks. It's Thursday. It's pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's pre-market prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, folks, starting the day in the red. Six and a half handles, 43, 35, 75. Kind of just mid range on the session. Buck pulling back eight cents, 106.27. As I mentioned, bonds down almost a point, 108 and 11.30 seconds. I don't know, buying the bottom of the page. I don't know if it's going to work here. Uh, crude backing off, just can't get through 88 bucks, down 60 cents at 86.67. Gold in the red by 370 at 1964.70. Silver in the red, that sold off. Yesterday, ahead of gold, down six cents at 23.03. In Bitcoin futures, they're up $265 at $28,525. Let's bring in the master of disaster, Triple T. Your head must have been on a swivel after hours. I hope you did not get run over in that. Uh, no, I typically don't trade the main stocks. Like everybody thinks as a trader, you know, if you just, you know, ask somebody off the street, they're like, oh, you must've been trading Netflix and Tesla yesterday, like after hours, I must've been really good action. It's hard to predict those, you know, moves. They're wild moves or algorithmic driven. I'm more of a peer play, sympathy play. What does it mean? You know, what does it mean when Tesla is tanking? you know, to 10 bucks or more than that, $16 after hours. What does that mean? Well, one, it means the XLY is going to go down. So I'd be thinking about that right away, but it means more than that. It's like, okay, well, in all likelihood, they'll probably buy Amazon because it's a huge component in the XLY. Why is that? Well, the ETF affects Tesla down so much, something has to make up for it. So they go to the next highest component. And basically in the XLY, it's basically half Tesla, half Amazon. It's like 20, 22% Amazon or something, 20% Tesla. It's a dumb market, but ETF effects are real. So, you know, I'm not sitting out there trading Tesla, but I know what the implications are. You know, I'm understanding what those relationships are. Nobody would naturally think to buy Amazon because Tesla's down, but that's why Amazon's trading up this morning. These are the ETF effects. Yeah, and uh, also it's uh, it's a you know three four hundred dollars stock, not liquidity. You know, you want you like to go to things where 
you know, there's good liquidity, a little bit lower price, control the risk, right? So uh, I, I hear you on that one. Um, I just look at this XLY, and boy, that had a had a nice, you know, still having a pretty good year so far. But uh, we'll see how it trades today. But we got again a lot XLY. Of so yep. it's fun, you know. You just sometimes got to go and look under the hood, and it's something that I do trade actively. Like I trade a lot of these things. But if you just go and bring up, you know, what are the components, components here? xly and i think you can find a lot of this information you know well you can find lots of this information online even but amazon 22 percent xly tesla 19 percent. so literally xly is 40 what's that 20 40 42 percent those two stocks so why is it that they got to buy the amazon well if the xly isn't pricing down enough just to make up for it then they start buying other components we see this you know on the qqqs when we have an Apple or Microsoft earnings, these are just ETF effects that are real folks. They move stocks and understanding these will give you a significant edge because there's nobody in the media that talks about any of this stuff. Bring in money, Mitch. There's nobody in the media that talks about any of this stuff. One, they don't understand any of it. Two, they don't believe it. You know, they don't believe that, you know, it's ETF effects affecting Amazon here today, but it is. Understanding those market mechanics is why I'm consistently profitable, at least in the trading account. All right, let's get to the action today. Of course, uh, there will be five Fed speakers, Dennis, um, today. Uh, oh. I, I know that uh, a lot of people were seeing a lot of that. And I mean, all throughout the week, there's been Fed talk. And of course, tomorrow, there'll also be Fed talk. But uh, today, 12 p.m., Fed Chairman Jerome Powell speaks. 1.20, you got Chicago Fed President Austin Gooseby. Uh, you got at 1.30, you get Bard. At four o'clock, you get Bosick, six forty, then you get uh Logan to speak. I mean, it's gonna be all throughout the day. Now the only question is, will they go to a little bit of some dovish tone or stay on the hawk? I think the Fed has a serious issue. We'll get into the Tesla Netflix earnings here just in a minute, but I think this is important here. Like, let's just bring up the TLT. We're breaking down to new. How many year lows here, Joel? We like 12, oh, 13 year lows here on we're, the TLT. We're well below like the financial crisis lows. This is a serious oh. issue here. We've lost the long end. I mean, this is the reason. If you want to know why there's so many stocks that are sitting near 52 week lows, look no farther than this. I keep thinking that it's eventually going to start to turn but maybe i'm wrong and maybe rates are going to go a hell of a lot higher than we think they can the long end but right now tlt is making new 52-week lows i've said it for the last month you cannot start buying stocks until you start seeing the tlt above 90 well it's getting a long ways away from there (laughs) so you know we continue to roll over the iwm as much as you know obviously you know we love Craig Johnson and Craig Johnson has had some fantastic calls and he thinks the IWM could be forming some type of a bottom. There is the possibility that this pattern here where we've been in a range from 170 to 200 could potentially resolve to the downside. And that little, you know, mini, you know, like cup and handle I was looking at doesn't work out. I- I'm somewhat concerned that it is going to resolve to the downside. I'm long some IWM in the long-term portfolio. I'm long some stuff in my long-term portfolio and it's not doing good anything in my long-term portfolio. Thank God I'm 55% cash because I'll tell you the 45% worth of stocks aren't very good. Like, cause even if you're in like the NVIDIAs and stuff, or even you're in the tech stocks, and I've sold a lot of those, but it hadn't been good three, four months here, Joel, for any of those stocks either. I mean, QQQ is kind of holding on, but it feels like it's just inevitable that it's eventually going to cave. You know, maybe it's Tesla, maybe it's something else. 
QQQ unbelievably resilient today because they're buying Netflix. But I mean, the risks here, it's all risk reward people. Like the, the markets are all risk reward. And there's a reason, you know, sometimes to be all in 2020, everybody's, you know, inflation's going wild. Everybody's buying stocks. Everybody's having free and print and money party. Rates were low. And then there's this environment where rates are not stopping going up. And I tell you, man, nothing hurts stocks more than higher interest rates. So we can look at whatever statistical data that you want to look at over the course of the last 10 years. None of it matters because we have not had rates doing anything like this for what? 15 years, Joel? 16. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, boy. I, maybe even longer. I mean, I can't remember. I can't remember the last time. Figure out, you know, how to price stocks in a 6% market environment. And that's why there's seemingly all these stocks that have a lot of debt just continue to get punished. And I mean punished. Your stock's got a lot of debt. I have a few of them in the portfolio. They're getting hammered, man. Stocks that are debt-free are holding up better, but eventually they start to come for everything here. So... Not saying you got to just throw out, you know, we'll have rallies. I think bringing it back to your original point, bringing a full circle here, Mitch, I think the Fed speak today here. So there's five speakers. I think it's going to come off a bit more dovish than it has in the past because the Fed cannot afford to continue to allow long-term rates. And, and they and they can't control long-term rates. They control the short end. They don't control the long end. But they've got to, you know, start looking that we may have a problem if these Rates, longer-term rates start approaching 5.5%, the market's got bigger problems here. And let's continue to remember what happened back in March. What happened back in March? KRE breaking down. What happened? We lost four banks. What happened? Because all these banks got these mortgages. They're lending long and borrowing short. I mean, this is a major problem here. It's not like they can just turn around and start, you know, yeah, if somebody... 30 years, you know, all of a sudden comes due. Yeah, they can move that at seven. But they might, they have some of these mortgages on the books for 25, 26 years sitting at 3%. In a six, 7% environment, they're getting killed. So I still think, and Mitch, I think you're with me. I'm going to let you talk here in a second. I think we got a regional banking problem that is, you know, in, in the books. Like they got a lot of bad mortgages that are upside down on them here, costing them money. Yep. And eventually that's going to come out. I think it's going to come out here eventually. They can keep, you know, like making money in other businesses and hoping that people leave their money in their deposit accounts and their checking account getting 0% to try to cover the difference. But people are getting smarter. You start getting 6%, 7%. They're like, why am I getting zero in my deposit? Why am I getting zero in my checking account? I know. I know. Well, you know what? People start moving money out of that, and then they got problems. So I just think like with the regional banks, I think there's so many issues here. It's a scary market right now. Risk reward still doesn't set up to just go and blindly buy stocks. I agree. And I think that's something definitely to be looking at. We'll talk a little bit more about the banking situation as it keeps kind of developing. Now, one of the biggest things that I will be looking at is things like this. I'll show you guys a quick little image of some things that I'm working on in the background here. Um, yeah. But just to kind of give you guys a perspective of things that I'm I'm really kind of focusing on. So a lot of what I think we need to be focusing on in the regional bank concern is, of course, with commercial real estate. And so I'm going to give you guys a little sneak peek of one of the graphs that I'm working on from my big report. And so here you guys see what you guys are going to see uh, bank. What has commercial real estate significant loan uh, kind of exposure? So what do you see here? Banks with lower than 250 billion in assets have 55.5% of the exposure. 
the smallest banks have the biggest exposure Relative. in the commercial real estate game. And why? And we aren't even talking commercial. I mean, we're being nice talking residential mortgages. A commercial real estate, the problem, which we said two days ago, is way worse situation. Because yeah. they got a lot of empty buildings and these office buildings and stuff. Like, I don't know, Mitch. I, this is I, the I, big thing. People keep saying, what do you buy? And every time we go down, what do you buy? And I'm like, I haven't bought a stock in a long-term portfolio in a month. Long not time. one. Not one. I'm sitting but, with 55% cash. And I don't know. Maybe we're getting near the bottom because I don't even feel like selling. I feel like, like, I keep feeling like every time we rally to sell it all. Like, sell, go 100% cash in the long-term portfolio. And then that's never prudent. You know, because it seems like, you know, everything shall pass. But, you know, what do we say? If SPY got up to 440, I think I'm going to sell it all. I didn't do it, obviously. But 438, we got to. And boom, now we're right back down here mid-range. I just don't think all these problems that you're highlighting, Mitch, are just going to go away magically. Especially if the Fed loses control of the long end. Because the long end is following the short end. And yes, if, if the Fed starts getting dovish and starts cutting rates, you got to think the long end's going to start coming down then. So maybe they can control it indirectly. But, I mean, just imagine the scenario where rates continue to go up and the Fed starts lowering rates and the long-term rates don't start coming down. And then you're like, well, now what, Fed? Now what? That's a bad scenario. And that's what you hope doesn't happen. All right. But just to kind of state the point, the chat wanted to hear a little bit more. Yeah. What I want to state there is necessarily I don't see the issues in the residential real estate because of the situations with supply. There's some underworking there that I'll tell you the truth. I don't see the trouble coming in that space. I think it'll take a lot longer for trouble to get in that space because you'll need an oversupply of construction to come in. That can take years to come in. Now, where the commercial real estate issues are is because these loans are coming around and there's a lot of loans that will be coming around uh, in 24. And so that's a lot of what my report comes into. I'm not going to go too much into the details, but if you guys want to do the research on that, I'd advise you guys definitely take a look into it. There's a lot of opportunity there if you do the deep dive research. All right, let's get to the stocks today. There's so much to talk about. Netflix kicking off. Let's look at Q3 EPS here. $3.73 beats the $3.49 estimate. Sales of $8.54 billion beat the $8.53 billion estimate. Netflix sees Q4 23 revenues at $8.692 million versus an $8.77 billion estimate. And also sees the Q4 EPS at $2.15 versus in line with $2.15. They updated their fiscal year 23 operating margin guidance to 20%, the high end of the prior range, which was 18 to 20%. They included here 8.7 million global streaming paid net additions. Uh, this growth is attributed to the global password sharing crackdown. I know Dennis has been talking a lot about that. And the yeah. introduction of advertising supported tier at a lower cost. Netflix is forecasting for the subscriber growth in the next quarter will be similar in the second quarter. We're increasing our focus on revenue as our primary top line metric, Netflix wrote in its 22 third quarter earnings. Uh, They also wrote that this will become particularly important heading into 2023 and heading into 24 as we develop new revenue streams like advertising and paid sharing where membership just becomes one component of our revenue growth. 
wow, what a pop here. I mean, and we looked yeah. at the chart on the closing print yesterday, and it, it just looks so bad, you know? Everyone leaning short into the report. Yeah, someone's asked me, like, you know, is it going to stop a 400? I mean, how many times? I mean, I'll just give you that. Right now, there's a bid at 390. So I don't know who, what, or why. You lose that bid at 390. You got some room on the downside. On the up, it's been a nice little range here, 390 to 395. The pre-market high comes in at uh, 95 and a half. You have a couple. You have three daily highs in this 395 to 400 area. I think you know the first, you know, 48 points were pretty easy. Let's see if it thickens up here between uh, 395 and 400. But, man, it's just, you know, you tried to call Top and Lululemon off the news, and, you know, look what it did. So, boom, boom, we'll see. Three-day I mean, rule, Joel, on yeah. a lot of this stuff. I mean, Karen Feinerman says it all the time. She's got a good point. It's like they come in, they buy it, then people are excited, oh, it's up, and then they buy it. There's follow-through sometimes because it's just Johnny-come-lately's upgrades happening today. I mean, you know. What happens, though, is eventually, like after two or three days, you get buyer exhaustion, and then there's just no other buyers. Yeah, so, you wait for the volume. The, the, the like volume. Lululemon, look at what it did yesterday. I mean, one, yep. two days, 420, and it starts to come down. I think Lulu will be back in the 380 range in a couple of months, a month or something. It just comes back. The Week. S&P pops yep. usually do eventually fade. It's just not a good idea to fade them on day one. So same thing. Am I fading Netflix on day one? Probably not. But do I think Netflix is going to be a buy at 394? Definitely not. Do I think Netflix is going to be back at 350 sometime in the next few months? Yeah, because we're in a bear market. You know, and people keep saying, oh, we're in a bull market. We're not. Maybe there's a, a select few stocks still in a bull market. But the select few stocks, they're all breaking trend now here too. Bears have been controlled since we started talking about a bear market a month and a half ago. On this show, we don't care what we've done in the past. We care what we're doing in the future, and we try to predict. And on this show, Money Mitch, me and you, and Joel's, well, Joel's kind of been on the fence, but he's leaning more bearish here now. We've been talking about being bearish in stocks here for a month, and we have been absolutely correct. So a few things wrong, TLT, I keep thinking it's going to bottom. Not, I might have to eat the loss on this thing. I'm down four bucks in it now. Might just eat the loss because I can't have rates just continuing to do this. It's doing something that I didn't think was possible. I think it's just continue to let's see what Fed speak does today. Yeah, let's that'd see if be Fed interesting. Fed can be somewhat dovish and give a lift, maybe. But if the Fed just plays tough here again, the market wants dovishness. Hey, I, I hope a, that they're not going to come out just, oh, we're going to, we got to continue to fight the fight, fight the good fight. Because you know what? The fight has already, you know, again, labor inflation is going to be the sticky point here now. And, and inflation is going to be hard to beat. But we can't ignore, you can't continue to ignore what long-term rates are doing, Fed. You've got to start eventually at least commenting on it because what they're doing is unprecedented. The wealth that has been lost in the bond market, Joel. I mean, with the, where, like this is some of the biggest, some of the biggest falls that we have like, you know, seen in the bond market ever. I mean, you think about like, you know, your 60, 40 portfolios and stuff. That are like, you know, sometimes, you know, depending on your, your age, sometimes 60% bonds. They've just been absolutely assassinated. I mean, we don't give it enough credit. But the TLT we look at because it's traded and most bonds are not traded out there. They all look the same. This is the TLT is an indicator of what the bond market looks like. There's The money in the bond market is trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. And there's just been a lot of money lost here, like a pile of money lost. So I just think it's eventually got repercussions here, too. It's hard to just come in and say, yeah, 
This is the bottom. I'm buying stocks when we're going back to all-time highs. Maybe someday, but I don't think all-time highs are coming anytime soon. Uh, how are the preferreds? I'm looking at the PFF here. I know you've used that for an indicator over the years. Yeah. I remember, you know, you talked about putting that on as a huge head of it, uh, you know, as a hedge. Uh, if you had, if you've been keeping an eye on the, the we talked about market. a few days ago. Um, you know, we've talked about you know being short this thing. Like we had the 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 person who was on CNBC saying this is a great opportunity, and I was tweeting out, yeah, you're not paying attention here because the PFF full of regional bank preferreds giving you 7%. I get five and a half risk-free. Pay me 1.7% to take on all that risk? No thank you, man. No thank you. 7.4% is awesome in a 1% environment. In a 5.5% risk-free environment, you only give me a 1.7% premium to buy all these regional bank preferreds? No way. Not enough. I'd rather own the bank preferreds or the the regional banks almost straight up than the PFF because at least it's a better risk reward setup so no i think the pfs in trouble that's why it continues to go down here people are like well why is it keep going down 7.39 percent lift under the hood and look what's in there it's all banks yeah it's getting in that that's getting it really open area a little bit of a a uh, little bit of a bearish talk here a little bit of a rally going on trying to get back uh unchanged Lots, here on this well, session and again i think I'm not saying today I'm throwing in the towel and it's over here and we got to sell stocks. We're selling rips, folks. We're fading. You know, two days ago, you know, I was tweeting out, you know, we're up, we're down, we're up, we're down, we're up, we're down. We had a bad down Can't day put yesterday. A we get a together. Re- relief pop today, maybe Fed induced. I think it's possible. But I mean, there's so many opportunities to just sell the rip. So, and if you're 100%, you know, invested in this market, sell some rips. That's what I think you should be doing. You know, Selling into strength, you can still buy into weakness as a trader. There is opportunities. The trading has been okay. Money, Mitch, what are you trading over there? Honestly, I'll be as honest as I can be. It's been a tough market. Um, uh, I, I right now only have one swing trade short. That's MTB uh, Bank, but I'm looking to take the money and run in just a little bit here. That was just kind of more of a uh, earnings reversal here that I expected. Oh, that's a good call. Um, but we'll see what happens there. That's just a regional bank to have some exposure to the play that I'm looking for. But I can tell you guys right now, there's very few times where I feel like I don't have edge right now in this market. And it's been tough because I've been seeing a lot of range moves to the bottom, big wicks like you saw, uh, like Netflix action yesterday. It started to look really nice there and then just boom, came in and they hammered it. So I can tell you right now, there's very uh, few times that I feel like I have no edge right now. It's it's very slim edge. The only thing I've been seeing is kind of the XRT type of trade, uh, but that took a step back yesterday. But you short stocks here too. And like we yes. never talk swing trades on the short side. And I mean, I typically swing long. I, I day trade short all the time, you know, but a lot of it's hedging. A lot of it's like doing that. some different things. Not a lot of directional bets on the short side, but I mean, there's been some good trades on the short side. I'm just selling some reps. Like the Microsoft the other day on the ridiculous headline from Business Insider. You know, all the way up to the 336, gets up to 335, another selling opportunity. So full disclosure, I'm short Microsoft day trading portfolio. But I mean, just another another selling opportunity. So I think we got to just look at the kind of market we're in. Don't get like, again, you know, you hear me, you think like, oh, the end of the world is coming. It's not imminent. The end of the world is not coming, but it's all risk reward from a long term investor hat. You got to analyze risk and you got to analyze rewards. Why I look at the PFF and I think the reward sucks. 
1.7% over the risk-free rate to buy a bunch of regional bank preferreds that some of these might actually not even survive? That, ri that risk sucks. So PFF, horrible risk reward. One of the worst risk rewards in the market. Johnson & Johnson, when it was up one, at 175, I was like, this is one of the worst risk-reward setups ever. The thing's trained 21 times there. He's got a bunch of lawsuits, billions of dollars in lawsuits coming at him. And it's a consumer staple, and consumer staples are starting to get crushed. That was a good setup. That was a good setup. There's different setups for different markets here. But, you know, like you look at Apple and you think, yeah, 180 popped up there. That was a good setup. We called that on the show saying shorted around 180. Built a gap. Uh, back through 175. But Apple has something working in its favor. So it's not as clean no as some of these other stuff. Very little debt. Very little debt. People say, oh, it's got billions of dollars. What are you talking about? That's relative to market cap. It's nothing. They basically have they no stay, debt yeah. relative to market they can, cap. It's a they drop can go in the to market. the till at one of their stores. Yeah, they go to the till at one of the stores and hand out and pay off the debt. Exactly. But if you look so, at, I mean, I, I know we, like, the IWM looks horrible, right? There's no horrible. doubt about that. Mm -hmm. you, you hang out near the lows too long, you eventually take them out, right? I mean, that's just. Which way do you, you think know, it's resolving? I mean, down here too long, Joel. You just said it's been down here too long. But I'll tell you right now. I mean, I look at this triple Q chart, and I'm, I'm not. You know, of course, I'm not bringing in any geopolitical factors in this, which is a whole nother can of worms, and we could talk about that later. But just being objective here and rates or whatever, you look for the triple Qs. I mean, until we breach 350. I mean, on the monthly, I think the bulls are still, and I know that's 14 handles or 14 points away, but it's just amazing to me that, that you know, and these stocks and these we feel people have flocked to, but you do have low, low, uh, monthly lower highs, right? Which is, which is not good coming down, but you know, no exact number at 350 there, but man, the longer this, I mean, it's 13, 14 points away. Now you get a miss out of one of the, magnificent seven then boom yeah. you have a chance but just look at i mean so, i mean all the bearish talk yeah iwm there's a lot of stocks getting killed out there and it, it's hard because you have to you have to differentiate but man oh man i mean just the run that it's had this year and for that to be holding up uh now you can look at the iwm and the exact opposite i know craig we talked to him yesterday and he's looking for a reversal but I just until uh, you know until this rate situation that you know the the small caps and companies with the small that, caps I mean, are no touch it, until it, the TLT yeah. can start to sustain a rally here. QQQ is still a hiding spot for so many people. And yep. again, it's because these companies have low debt. I mean, the half of QQQ is a magnificent seven, and we went through this exercise mm -hmm. already multiple times on the show over the last few weeks. And there's no debt. There's very little debt. Well, let's go so to one of those leaders. Why they hold up. Let's go to one of those leaders, Tesla, Yo. of course, uh, like the chat said, taken out to the woodshed. Uh, Tesla Q3 adjusted EPS, 66 cents, missing the 73 cent estimate. Sales of 23.35 billion, missing the 24.38 billion estimate. Tesla reported Q3 earnings below the expectations here. During the earnings call, CEO Elon Musk expressed caution about the global economy and highlighted the company's focus on making their cars more affordable. Talking about things like if interest rates stay this high, then the demand would probably be heading towards the downside. So that the Fed would need to change tune 
to kind of save the economy here. Uh, Musk also talked about, of course, the Cybertruck production that remains on track related this year with first deliveries scheduled for November 30th at Giga Texas. There is so uh, going to be a delivery event, so stay tuned for that, November 30th. Uh, Tesla is working on the Cybertruck, but Musk cautioned that it would take 12 to 18 months to achieve a significant positive cash flow and emphasize the need to manage expectations regarding the vehicle's financial performance. Why? The margins, of course, total operating margins dropped significantly to 7.6% from the previous year's figure of 17.2. That's a big drop there, guys. Um, And I've been talking about that this is what the auto manufacturers have come to. It's no longer the battle of having EVs versus not having EVs. It's the battle of the margins. How many people, question, how many people just put the $100 down deposit to reserve the Cybertruck and have absolutely no intentions of ever buying it? Because I have a buddy, good friend of mine, talking with him last night. We were just talking about Cybertruck. He's like, yeah, I put the $100 down. I was like, you're going to buy it? He's like, hell no. How many other people did that? Like, are they counting? Like, do they honestly think that every $100 deposit is going to turn into a sixty dollars or $75,000 sale? Do you think that's going to happen? Mitch, Joel, what do so you guys ugly. think? Chat, so what do you ugly. think? If anybody uh, in the chat, ask the chat. Yeah. Anybody put the $100 deposit down? And do you guys fully intend to buy the actual truck? Because I think... There's a lot of people who put the 100 bucks down just to put the 100 bucks down and be in the queue and have no intentions at all of actually buying the truck. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the big thing also is that, you know, it's not the same situation as it was probably when they put in that reservation, right? Um, things were looking a lot rosier. Um, and now, I, I don't know. And I think that a clear example is Musk cautioning you guys regarding the vehicle's financial performance because they're losing money on these vehicles. I think that's exactly what's going on here. The same way that Ford is losing on the Lightning, right? I mean, let's just be honest. The margins aren't good in the EV game. Jobless the claims stock just was came out hit. here too. Yeah, stock not, not got hit much. going in. Yeah, it's Jobless quiet claims, here. 198,000 yeah. versus a 212,000 expectation prior 209. Nothing really on that tape, I mean. Yeah, there could be reactions, but to tell you rallying the truth, here a little bit, coming up to the highs of the pre-market yep. session. I'll give you the number I think that matters here. I think it's the Philadelphia Fed Manufacturing Index coming in at a negative nine versus a negative six point four estimate. Prior being negative thirteen point five, and the jobless claims was I think pretty much what we've been seeing. Uh, just going to the Tesla price action real quick before we move on. Yeah. Uh, trading at the lows of the pre-market session, uh, two twenty-four and a quarter potential support there. You got a little uh, gap to fill here. Um, if you're looking for more on the downside, two twenty fifty-eight uh, was a daily low, and then you got a gap to fill in seventeen fifty-six. But this is Tesla, right? And it's just mm. like Nvidia, even on its worst days, it has. 10 15 20, yeah huge rallies here so there, there you know, will be i mean the magnificent seven yeah. just has underneath the man below it um so it's hard to just go raw raw full bearish here it seems like you always get a shot even nvidia remember down to 423 then rallied to 443 then yep. back down to 423 you get shots to get out of this thing so 
it's like a stock that doesn't seem like you need to ever sell in the hole that tomorrow or later on today you get another shot with the things up 10 bucks sell into the rips if you really want out of tesla sell into the rips again there's no debt here so i mean it's positioned a lot better than ford and gm that's positioned a lot better than a lot of other companies out there that are in the iwm and you know smaller caps that are very reliant on capital again you know we know that they have the financing arm you know that's you know really drives the debt for gm and ford and for toyota and all of them where tesla's financing arm which is there is not nearly the size of those so it's a little bit you know not all just you know operational debt but at the same time tesla's just done a really good job of managing that debt and they're getting paid for right now that's why the stock holds up really well I think you got a date with 200 coming. That'd be 50% retracement of that recent rally to 300. Um, so that's what I'll be leaning. I'm on the bearish side here. On Selling Tesla. reps. Uh, but, you, it, but, but you're on the bearish side. So I want, I'm going to just bring this up here one more time. You're on the bearish side. Would mm-hmm. you sell it down 17 bucks today? Or no, would you that doesn't make sense, right? That doesn't make there sense. There you go. Uh, that, that doesn't make sense. Like always, guys, that's chasing the trade, right? Yeah. Um, and in this market, the way that we've been seeing these range-bound moves go from the bottom all the way back up, that's an easy way to get wrecked in this market. It, it's been the max pain trade on both sides a lot of the times. Chasing. Th- that's, that's the chasers, right? When you chase, that's how they wreck you. Chasing usually doesn't work in most markets. It worked in 2020 and everybody learned a lot of bad lessons. Chasing that, yep, typically does yep. not work. David Portnoy throwing the darts and just, you know, are chasing and buying this because it's going up. What's up the most? That's what I'm buying because that's going to go up more tomorrow. Doesn't work typically. That typically doesn't work. We are in normalized markets here now to a certain extent, not the bond market. But chasing just typically doesn't work. Taiwan Semiconductor coming in uh, with a nice little lift here. $1.29 beat the $1.17 estimate. Sales of $17.28 billion beat the $17.07 billion estimate. Taiwan Semiconductor expects Q4 revenue at 18.8 to 19.6 versus an 18.65 estimate. Gross margins at 51.5% to 53.5%. Um, so operating margins also given here, 39.5% to 41.5%. TSM getting a lift here. I, I have trouble buying get to highs, yeah. You're not going to get yeah. me to buy anything on a rip today. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after right. I just gave the chasing conversation here. So yeah, where's the uh, resistance that, maybe? Yeah, this is a, this is a nice area. If you um, are looking at potential resistance, you have four day high 92.94, five day high 93.44. So there's a little bit of a zone. Uh, we'll see if we can actually had another high in that area too. If in fact it can clear that opens up to 95, but uh, right now uh, trading at, uh, at a couple highs from uh, late, last week last thursday and friday american airlines group q3 adjusted eps 38 cents beats the 25 cent estimate sales of 13.48 billion missed the 13.51 billion estimate based on demand trends in the current fuel price forecast excluding the impact of special items american Airlines expects its Q4 fiscal year 23 adjusted operating margin to be between 2 and 4% and approximately 7% for fiscal year 23. 
bopping a little bit here. Just um, the hardest stocks to be bullish. I'm long AAL still. Shouldn't have bought it. Bought it at 15. Obviously, shouldn't have bought it in the long-term portfolio. It was a half-size position. Now it's a quarter-size position because the thing keeps going down. <laughs> so I'm not adding. I don't add to losers, typically. People say should add to it. Typically, I don't do that. I have done in the past. I did it correctly with Netflix. But I, I'm definitely... Just not feeling like, like even yesterday, I thought the UAL had a chance. It was down two. And Ooh. I was like, I felt I like so too. <laughs> I felt like it could reverse me and money, Mitch. And look what happens. Yeah. It just continues to go down. You got rates killing it and you got oil killing it. And then you got potential consumer demand going to kill. The airlines are in just such a bad spot looking forward here right now. And That's canceling, no canceling flights, uh, you know, to, to the middle. Labor labor issues are going to be yeah. there. Like, I mean, labor Whatever. costs are going to go up. People want to get paid more. The pilots, contracts. I mean, holy mackerel. The airlines have just been an absolute disaster from bless in July to absolute piss here in October. Just made a new high on the session here. They like those numbers. We're rallying up here and making a new trying. high. 43. Yeah, we're trying. Uh, for this, it's just a little bit. Just had a little spurt there. Not at yesterday's high yet. So important to take out that 1174. And then you just got to look at this 1204 to 1210 area. Um, three highs in that exact same area. So if, you know, another leg up, you get to yesterday's high. Sure. We'll see. We'll test that after that things open up on this one. But uh, we'll see. So far, AAL trading up here. Uh, what are we trading up? We're trading up 25 cents at 11.61. Chat TLT me. has rallied a dollar here from the lows here too, Joel. Mm -hmm. So TLT liking the number as well. Started rallying a little bit before that too. So. Keep an eye. I mean, the equity started to turn. TLT actually started to turn before the number. So that helped. That was why we, we started popping before the number. It was off the TLT. So you can see, you know, slowly trying to show a little bit of life here today. It's still down 50 cents, but it was down a buck 50 this morning. So trying a little bit here. That's helping the equity markets. I mean, you day traders out there, keep that TLT on your screen. Because it started popping or... a minute or two before the SPY did. Now the yep. chat asked uh, if I was out of that AAL trade. Yes, I got out uh, for a ten percent loss there. Uh, probably one of my biggest losses of the year at twelve fifty. Um, so I got out there at twelve fifty. I I said I'd come back in, but I need to get back above I don't like, know. thirteen. I don't know if you wanted this. Um, this is ugly. I need to see the trend <laughs> change, right? So when I get caught on moves like this. I need to see the trend change. The trend isn't changing. And just uh, draw a trend line uh, and wait for the day that it actually me. closes two days above that trend line. Not even just one day. Mm -hmm. I'll wait for a two-day close above trend line to show me a trend change in American Airlines. All right, let's get to our guest today. You guys out there, smash the like. I think you guys just might like this one. We haven't had him on for a while, and he doesn't hold back. Let's get after it. Fari Hamzy, Hamzy Analytics, the watch commander here. I couldn't think of a better guest to bring on in the current environment. Fari, how you doing? I'm good, sir. How are you? Good. You seem pretty subdued today. Give him a oh, it's uh, no, no. It's just a wild trading last few weeks, and I got a, a I got a boss to report to Admiral Tico, and uh, <laughs> it's just too much. I'm glad it's Thursday. You know what? When it's Thursday, you know there's only one day to get to 
10 times Friday. So we're close. Wage inflation. Ask for more, watch commander. <laughs> yeah, Captain Tico got to pay you more. You got to hire bills. Well, you know, Tico now is getting really sponsored by Jamie Diamond. He's got a $112,000 line of credit from JP Morgan. What is so, going, what's happening to the credit market? Why does a dog get a credit rating like that? You know, one of my LLCs in his name. Okay. So he's got an FIN. Tico, he's trades, man. He's for real. And so it, it's just incredible. The other day comes in. It's not that we're applying. They send you pre-set code. Just say yes and boom. $51,000. Just, just give me under business premiere. Welcome, to right, Fari. I want to ask you. I want to ask you about your Sigma channels because we have just had some major moves in stocks right here. And right. have you had to expand your 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 Sigma channels to like Sigma ten because some of these moves have just well, been unbelievable. I, I I can I can foresee that because I do. Uh, 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 index and index is law of averages. And we're getting four, four sigma constantly, three and four sigma. So if the law of averages is getting three to four sigma, you can imagine single stock. Yeah, you're gonna overshoot both to a downside and upside. So where are you at on this market? I mean, there, there's uh, a lot of things long. going on. We're yep. still long. I can share. Can I share something on the screen or no? Always. Sure. Always. Oh, yeah. Always. Sorry. President. So what present do I do? President. Yeah, present yeah, down there. You'll have screen options, and you'll also have window options. If you just want to share a screen, you can do that. I still will do. Yeah, let me let me go there quickly. No worries. I'll let you know when I and see that, it, and then we'll get you up. Are you good? Is this is this? Uh, see what share uh, window? Yeah. There we go. So we'll go into one of these charts. Not that chart. Yeah, we can put it there. Let's put it there so we don't disconnect this one. Okay, you can right. see something. Right? Boom! I got you. Okay, so now let me switch to screen. I want to show you that's a different desktop. No worries. If you want to switch it, you can switch it. You might have to stop no, it. We're, we're good. We're good. We're good. All right. Okay. Now let's go to a timer chart here. So that's that's our main uh, navigational tool in this, as Admiral Tico calls. We will prosecute this market. <laughs> and the time and place we are choosing through uh, what you call it, that Colin Powell fan. Uh, you could see where we are. We got a 50 bar and we got a 200 bar. And uh, the issue is it hasn't been coming out of this little micro uh, uh, wedge, if you will. If you, if you imagine it, it's trying to build a wedge here slowly, okay? As 50 and 200 merge. So, so something like a like, like triangle. Let's see if that goes. Uh, you could see we're, we're long. Our long has been good. We did well. We were short most of uh, September, but that's seasonality. We got to do that. Um, and then, um, excuse me. Um, we did not make it on the top. It was weak, so it pulled back down. I'm actually debating, or well, do I go flat today or tomorrow? I'm going to take a pause. This has been a very good run down and a run up. Uh, uh, PMT is at all time high. If I come here, this is our performance that we measure as measured by a uh, time of digest because you got to follow their routine there. Uh, there we go. This is TD. We had it posted yesterday, I believe. There you go. And you could see we've been long for uh, $42.99 on a, a long SPX, and we're still there. Here's our differential. 
It's not the highest differential. We've been higher than that. But the performance itself, which is the green line, all-time high over, I don't know, seven, eight years now. Uh, ten. This is from, from this is the 14th. So nine years now. This is about 170 trades, 170. So it's not one time I got lucky or one bad call. Net, net is what we've done. This is the, obviously, uh, uh, pandemic, Rob. And this one is this one is uh, 2018. This is a we may see something like this because of the Washington, you know, mishaps and. Uh, so back. you're you're bullish. You're bullish on the technicals, right? The, the I'm, technicals. I'm, yes, and of course, look at this. This is what I'm worried about, though. This is what I'm worried about, which is the uh, budget. This is the budget. Because last time we got defunded, the government did. Remember, into Christmas Eve, that's one. Now I go to a skew. Which is the terrorist? I'm sorry, Joel. I know you got questions. I'll be right with you. Just give you a little background there. And uh, I know we've got, I've got limited time. But you could see here also, we're not getting another signal on a move down. This is the tail risk to here, this area. The put the put option activity on the big, big, big count, big count index speaks itself. The realm of big boys. They're not seeing a whoosh down yet. Okay. Now, this has a little forward window. So I think this probably going to start picking up a little bit before we get to middle of November, where the current authority runs out. What about the war situation? Are you worried about the war escalating? Obviously, in the Middle East, you know, now it seems like. Uh, you know, how do you, how do you are, want me to say? It? First of all, let me put some cologne on so I smell good for you guys. Uh, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Got to do it. Got to do it. Smell that. I smell that. Smells good right there. Yeah, to put the cologne on for the war talk. Okay, okay. give me your war talk. It's not always about the girls. Remember that. Okay. So, no, <laughs> uh, so on the war, I, I, actually, Joel sent me a little note saying, hey, let's talk. From your background, this would be useful. Uh, let me, for the record, uh, my dad was very pro Israel. At 67 or more, he was in Sinai at night, delivering uh, non lethal to C 130s. And he, as a team leader, he would come in first to land. No lights on the sand, Mossad navigator, no, uh, no, no, no markings out of uh, Nicosia, uh, Cyprus, and got to know uh, General Rabin. Back then, he was a general. Uh, he was high up there. Maybe he was a one-star general. Rabin very well, which became prime minister. In 73, he had a telex from him saying, Barry Falomars is the name first name. We need oil. So he had to get three tankers into Haifa quickly, with the permission of uh, uh, Kissinger uh, uh, in, in, uh, as the NSA at the time in, uh, in Washington. Long, or maybe he would become Secretary of State by then, uh, because that was second term of Nixon. Long story short, uh, of course, a little also issues with uh, Putin slash Ukraine. Uh, it's a two-pronged approach. We've got to take care of both. Um, obviously, uh, civility is important, but the other side doesn't look at it. It's, it's even war. It's got to be brutal. Uh, the plan is two hours. Remember what the... Yeah. Uh, 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 Don Rumsfeld said, you know, you, you start something, but it's not going to go by your plan. never does. So uh, we have to give them all the help they can. If you don't, you don't want to go out. I'm, I'm from Iran. Shah would talk about this. What, what uh, are the impacts for the markets here? Do we continue to see oil rally here, or is the oil rally already priced in the war? Thoughts here on oil. Let's just talk specific commodities, because uh, oil obviously got the spike. Sure. Yep. Let me let me go look at a chart quickly on oil. I know I mean more recent one. Uh let's see. Yeah, can you reshare that one for me? 
Why me? Can you just reshare the oil chart for me? Yeah, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go to Google and say, uh, uh, yes, I will. Crude spot price. Okay. Uh, here's my. I just general. I'm not trying to do analytical work. I'm just trying to get an overall yeah. picture of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hold on. This is uh, is this uh, no? Okay. I'm not getting anything. So hold on one second. I used to go oilprice.com. Price of oil. Let's see. There we go. Price charts, there we go. I'm good. All right, let me bring this over to you. Uh, there's a crude at 87. I just want to get a spot price. Sure. And sure. Uh, okay. yeah, it, it's, it's, it's not what I would do, send to my stuff and double and triple check, but uh, here where we are. Um, now, I think by now, everything is priced in. You have to assume that that's one. Two, uh, the, uh, 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 the, I was expecting the bonds to drop a bit in yield and, and value. We haven't seen that. No. That's what puzzling me. Remember, a couple of days ago, I think it was Tuesday, market rallied, okay? Market rallied, and so did the, so did bond, uh, so did the yields. The, yeah. the, 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 the price should, uh, the price should, uh, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, rally. So, let me go to treasures. I think what's really more important than anything else is this. There's old saying in Wall Street, the smartest, and I'm not going to explain The smartest guy in the room, the smartest trader in the room is the bond trader. I'm no trader. Look what we have done. By the way, this these are monthly support resistance levels, monthly, daily chart, daily bars posted on that. This line that you see is can the outside line. Can, can you share that one more time, Far? We just lost your screen. Share that screen one more time. Oh. Because I want to see what you're seeing here with the bonds. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go -to it just stopped sharing. Yeah, just reshare that screen. We just lost it. Oh, no, no. I re okay, I restart. Okay, there we go. And uh, window. Okay, we want to show you this one. Yes. There you go. You see the bond? You see my cursor here? There you go. You can see? Okay. This is a 91-day discount rate. Remember, discount rate. So I got to compound it four times to get to be... Like these, these are these are yield to maturities, so they're per annum. Okay. Yeah. This line, this line here, is a seven-year high. The this the gold, uh, golden rock, and look just how it's breaking into that. Look at look at this is a five-year. So cars, homes, long-term liabilities. That's thirty-year. So ten and thirty. Look what's happening here. This this is on this is unseen. Not good for what the does that mean for the stocks? Yeah, What's that yeah. mean for the stocks, though? If the yields right. keep going up, if bond yields keep going up and bond prices keep going down, all assets have to be repriced. This is econ 101. Or That's NBA a problem. Yep, yeah, CFA had repricing of assets. I'm on tail end of a long, I'm on a cover, and then because of SQ is telling me, plus what I know about Washington, what a mess that is, we should have a pullback into Thanksgiving. And okay. Yeah. Okay. We're up against the clock here, Fiery. We got to get a few more stocks in. Fiery Hamzy, Hamzy Analytics joining us here on pre-market prep. Fiery, we'll dial you up again soon. Watch Commander. We appreciate your input on the markets. Have yes, a good sir. day, Fiery. Say hello to Captain Tico for me. It's Admiral Tico. Admiral. Oh, Admiral. Got Remember, we salute the rank, not the man. Okay. All right. Thanks, Fiery. Thanks, Fiery. All right, we stuck. Uh, I think what he said, Q, right, uh, right at the end. And I mean, obviously, you know, the screen shares weren't working. So it was somewhat confusing because the screen shares there. But 
what, what was important is like if yields continue to rise, he just said repricing of all assets. And I mean, that's what we haven't done. That's what the equity markets are trying to do in certain stocks, but it's trying to reprice. And I mean, we are not priced. Stocks are not priced for 6% long-term interest rates. They are not priced for that, folks. I mean, you always think about the discount rate and what's above the risk-free rate. And when we're at 1%, the risk-free rate, you know, you had preferred stocks yielding you five and a half, Joel, when the risk-free rate was one. That's a four and a half point premium to take on the risk. That's now 1.7. So if you want to follow that four and a half that we had for decades over basically the preferred stocks, if you're going to hold in a five and a half long term, preferred rates should be nine. They should be nine to make up for it, maybe even 10 on a percentage basis. So when we're sitting here at seven, it's such a bad setup. So now we're looking because preferred's price closer to it's a hybrid, really, is what a preferred stock is. Part bond, part stock, really, because they if you know you go into bankruptcy, preferreds get paid before the equity holders. But it's kind of like a hybrid is really what it is. But I mean, you just look at that and you just think, okay, and then take it back to the equity markets here. And there's so many stocks that are still trading 25, 26, 28 times earnings. There's no business, really, you know, stocks trading 30 times earnings in a 6 7% environment. You got to discount that back. In a 1% environment, it maybe makes sense. But does it make sense to wait? You know, it's because just, just take it at face value. At 6%, rule of 72, your money doubles every 12 years, right? So if you get to ever to 10%, your money doubles every seven years. I mean, we're paying for 30 years. So if they continue to make money at this rate, some of these consumer staples, 22, 23, 24 times, it takes you 22 years to get your money back. That's twice, that's, that's you're getting half of the return of the risk-free rate. So, I mean, assuming there's no growth, and maybe there is going to be growth, but a lot of the consumer staples don't have a hell of a lot of growth. That's why that stuff continues to get hit. And that's why I sell that stuff during the rally. So it's all about rates, folks. TLT matters. Uh, he sounded like a he- Barry was a like a hesitant bull, you know. He like he, he you know his indicators are doing that, but you know you could you know it was like I'm in. These are my positions. It just kind of felt like a a hesitant bull. And uh, today that's paying off a little bit. Is uh, we are now in the forty three fifty handle. We know there's not much in here. The way we chopped around yesterday. A uh, few more um, earnings reports to get to. I know we're not paying much. Uh, but, well, let's just rip through these, Mitch. We got some good ones to go through here. Well, how about LRCX? Lamb Research, Q1 EPS, $6.85, beats the $6.07 estimate. Sales of $3.48 billion beat the $3.41 billion estimate. They do see Q2 EPS at $7 plus or minus 75 cents versus a $6.79 estimate. Revenues at $3.7 billion plus or minus $300 million versus a $3.65 billion estimate. Lamb Research, of course, um, I'm wondering if the kind of there was anything else in the chip news. Of course, uh, recently we got that news on AI chips if this would affect uh, kind of Lamb Research. But as you guys can see, it's already starting to climb back. Yeah, it really it breached uh, the the pair of lows that you had from the last two sessions. So I'll, I'll throw out the pre market chart there, and I'll I'll see what happens uh, if it comes down to six twenty six forty. That splits the lowest in the last two sessions. As always, uh, resistance if you're trading lower, initial resistance will be at that closing price at forty two twenty four. 
head and shoulders on this pattern. We'll see what happens. Blackstone, next one up. Q3 adjusted EPS, 94 cents, missing the 101 estimate. Total segment revenue at 2.32 billion, missed the 2.51 billion estimate. This is going lower in the pre-market. What do you guys think? Uh, the S&P ad was a huge selling opportunity. And again, it took oh, about a week. Yeah. Went from 105 to 112 on the S&P ad, then hung out there for about six, seven days, 115, and then now look at 97. It was just a gift from the S&P. If you're along that thing, that was a selling opportunity. So often when they get out of the S&P, it's just gifts. Um, that, that was a gift as well. Uh, off the pre-market low of uh, 95.88. And uh, I like the 95, just one low in that area, 95.18. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, you just you know, I just kind of look at Morgan from yesterday, and uh, they weren't kind to Morgan. So, uh, oh my gosh, were they not kind to Morgan? We didn't even talk about that. Wow, that was a shellacking. Yeah, eighty. This is Morgan Stanley, four point five four percent dividend. One of the best, you know, like one of the be the best, you know, obviously brokers out there. Huge client base. I mean, Morgan and Goldman, they're right up there, neck and neck. Goldman, you probably give the you know, say mm -hmm. best best of breed. Morgan's right there with them. I mean, it's just quietly again, you know, saying, you know, you're at 52 week lows here on Morgan Stanley. You can say there's been a bull market in tech, but there's been a bear market in a lot of other stuff. And this Morgan Stanley has been in a bear market for two years here and now. We are now off the all time high 109 to 74. What is that? 35 points, somewhere in there, 35 yeah, points 30%. on 109. Yeah, you're down 33% from the all time high on Morgan Stanley, which is significant. It's something to think about here. Is there a date with 60 eventually on this? I mean, I don't know. It's out of the question. I tell you right wow. now, though, any rallies, there's so many people out of water, uh, underwater here. It's hard to just think, yeah, 74 is the bottom. It's going back to 100 here by the end of the year. It's hard to think that in this environment. We're just in a yeah. different environment, folks. Never look to $72 area. That's a pair of monthly lows back uh, June and July of last year. Let's do these two together, Alcoa and Steel Dynamics. Why am I going to put them together is because I'm thinking that we're starting to see deflation in the basic materials starting to come into play. Alcoa at a loss of 114 misses the 113 estimate. Uh, sales of 2.6 billion beat the 2.59 billion estimate. Steel Dynamics uh, coming in with an EPS at 347 versus a $5.03 prior year. Sales of $4.59 billion beat the $4.55 billion estimate. They did say it was constructive regarding North American steel market dynamics. I think we're starting to see a little deflation come into the market with these. What do you guys think about that? I mean, cyclical business here's here, money, Mitch. And as much as you're like, oh, Alcoa's trading six, seven times earnings, how can it go wrong when it's at the top of the cycle? This is how you go wrong because they're losing a buck 14 a quarter here now. Cyclical, not good. Prices have obviously come down, hurting aluminum prices have come down, hurting Alcoa here. $26, topped out in 2022 at 98, quietly down 70% from the highs here. <laughs> Hard to just get all excited when the company's burning cash like it is here right now. You need the economy to turn. You need, and I mean, we've been in a good economy here and this is falling apart here. So I don't know. Aluminum prices have come down. They need the aluminum prices to stabilize maybe. But wow, I tell you, this has been a fall from grace. 
major resistance at 28, if in fact you can get there. Yesterday's high hasn't even come into play yet at 27.43, so we'll be keeping on that. You do have us uh, been some, uh, well, I'll just give you the low of the move if it goes into reverse. That comes in at 25.59 for Alcoa, STLD. Been in this one for a while Sure, wish I would have sold it up at the 120-130 area, but man, yeah, hard to get a constructive chart on this one until you can prove you could take out 110. Uh, that is uh, for Steel Dynamics. Just want to look at Axe. I saw it drop 70 cents yesterday, Dennis. You were talking about, you know, where's the deal? Where's the deal? Where's the deal? But uh, now, big hit yesterday. If I was setting an U.S. steel, I would be ringing the register here. Yep. Yeah, taking the money and running because there's problems in this industry here. And you know what? They might just hold out long enough to get no deal at all. And if that happens, I mean, the stock's back at $22 and you're like, oh my gosh, what did I do? Look at Nucor. Nucor is your best one. Nucor is best of breed. Making new, is that new 52-week low? No, it's pretty dang close. No, because back in May. But new, the new like six-month low here. I mean, there's stuff happening. MT, one of the biggest ones in Europe, just seemingly goes down every single day. So the only reason U.S. Steel does not participate is because everybody thinks it's getting bought out for 40. Well, you know what? As the other steel stocks go down, that buyout price becomes less. So I think, you know, if you do get a buyout, I think you're going to be disappointed. It might be like 35 or 36 only. And if they say, well, the prices weren't good enough, we're just, you know, we're not selling now. The thing's back at 24, and you're like, oh, my gosh, why didn't I not take my profits? Bird in the hand, if I was long U.S. deal, I would sell it as fast as I possibly could because I think I I think there's going to be no deal eventually. Yeah, interesting that I've been seeing a little bit of those materials go down, gold go up. Will we come into a period like it was after 2000 where gold gets higher on deflation? That's things that I'm just thinking about. Uh, going to you, Joel. What's up with the ES outlook? We're, we're just we're we're in an area of limited resistance here. I mean, that's just the way we whipped around yesterday. So uh, really can't give you a, a good level. I mean, the interday high from yesterday was way. Joel, up ES chart. They can't see it. They can't oh, see what you're MT. talking about. Uh, just a minor level at 5750. Uh, if I, um, you know, potential exit along there, but it's just, it's just open coming back on the downside. Now, I think if you get near that closing price from yesterday, you'll find support. So we're, we're 30 handles off the pre-market low. We'll see what the fed heads have to say. And tomorrow it's the third Friday of the month, right? Options expiration. We'll be bringing on no other than CC Legator to talk about what he's seen in the VIX and the options market. Everyone, thanks for joining us today. All right, Joel Alconan getting out of here. Dennis Dick out of here, guys. I will let you guys know we have a great event for you guys today. It's our AI Summit, the Benzinga Titan Summit, of course. And we'll be getting into all different areas, autonomous vehicles, fintech, healthcare. Don't miss it today, guys. We got some great speakers from Qualcomm, Verizon, MasterCard, Amazon Web Services. You don't want to miss this, guys. This is going to be at 11 a.m. right here, only on Benzinga, of course. So check that out, guys. 11 a.m. today, our AI Summit. Who's going to be there? Don't miss it. I know I will be excited. I will be interviewing MasterCard and Verizon. Don't miss that later today, our free virtual event, the AI Summit, starting at 11 a.m. Eastern. Be there. 
or be square, how they say all the time. Smash the like. Also, I hope you guys appreciated today's action right here, of course, on pre-market prep. Now to get you guys over to live trading, that's starting up next. 